0: Hey. Talk Radio. <laughs> well, let me let's get a little music just to get going. I like the music we had the other day. Let's see if we can hear it here in a second. Oh. Are you guys on? Oh, wait a minute. I gotta press I guess I gotta press uh these microphones here. Everything's changed here. Oh uh, there we go. Are we connected?
1: We're connected.
0: All right, All right, great, great. No music, but that's okay. Listen, Let's, let's do this right. Rosemary, why don't you bring us in?
1: Hey, yes. Good morning, all Blog Talk listeners. Coming to you from the coast of Maine, we're here with Ben Magno from Magnor. I'm, I hope I got the last name right. Sometimes the pronunciation may not be right. Is it? Did I pronounce that right, Ben?
2: Magno, yep.
1: Magno, okay. Yes, and he is calling in from Bangor, Maine, and... We have a show today on a, I would say, a whole multitude of things. First of all, I uh, want to share that uh, I am a parent of, I'm a special needs parent of a child that my daughter has Rett syndrome, and Ben as well is a fellow parent, and we are going to be discussing Rett's and also discussing, you know, our outlook on life uh how it changed our lives how each day when we get up in the morning uh you know we take a look at our our daughter and and uh or even daughters may I say um that for for that matter uh I have two girls and Ben has two girls so you know how how this has changed our lives so I will actually uh Pass this over to Ben. And Ben, you could introduce yourself and let us know a little more about you and the changes that have happened in your life in the past year, I'd say a year and a half or so. All
2: right. Well, uh, my name is Ben. Uh, I have a daughter, uh, age seven. Her name is Campbell. She has Rhett syndrome. Uh, she has a younger sister, Kerrigan, uh, and an older sister, Taylor, who does not live in my house. I uh, got custody of my two youngest girls uh, about a year ago. Um, moved to Bangor, and things have been crazy, but it's been so worth it.
1: Well, great, Tom. Are you you're there, there with us?
0: Well, I'm listening. I'm just uh, fascinated here, um, uh, Ben. I was. You know, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how the sequence of events. I know that uh, Paul Elwell met you on a Disney cruise, Rosemary. But since then, somehow we connected. But mainly, I think about the Bean. Uh, you know, the, our, our favorite project here, Beantown Pals, uh, which is an animated, um, fun comedy, children for families, and children and families, and uh, so the more I got to know about Rosemary, obviously both of your stories are intertwined uh, extremely. It's like a mosaic with your daughters because, uh, you know, I can only imagine, uh, and and only imagine, you can't even conceive of what you, the mountains, Well, I like to call it, the mountains that both of you climb every single day when you get up and have to uh, live with this disease and, um, and all of the things that go with it. So just amazing challenges. And, uh, you know, and I'm looking, um, Ben, I you know, want to bring out a little bit more of yourself as we go forward here because I know what it's like to raise a couple of kids, and, and God bless them, they were healthy and still are, and, you know, trying to be torn between, you know, living your own life, and especially if you've got a calling like you do as an artist. So, um, But you are quite an, uh, an artist. I'm looking at your know, ben, ben Magno original art, uh, B-E-N, M-A-G-N-O, yeah. Original Art here on Facebook. Fab- fabulous, fabulous stuff. Oh, so you. Uh, for, can you bring us um, up to date on, you know, uh, you, you're, you're studying, um, you know, how, why you were attracted to art, how you studied art, and then, of course, I, you know.
2: I came from an artistic family. Um, most everyone in my family does artwork on some level, either as a hobby or more than that, and I just got into it at at an early age. I found it's a great outlet, and uh, it's a really good way to express myself, because otherwise I sometimes Mm. just don't get out of the house.
0: Yeah, I mean, just, uh, I'm going through the thing here, and you've got, you know, everything from landscapes to uh, very spooky um, and um, uh, mysterious, mystical kind of things. You know, I'd like to hear about where that inspiration comes from, but I just got down. I <laughs> absolutely love the Dalios whole whole brain <laughs> uh, <you>. breakfast surreal.
1: <laughs>
0: Very funny. Yeah. Persistent breakfast, breakfast surreal. <laughs> where did that idea come from? People should see this. This is just fabulous.
2: I was I was just kind of uh playing with a a Photoshop alternative called GIMP and yeah. uh yeah, I I, uh, I took a I took the Persistence of uh, Vision, I think it's called, and um, I just edited out the clocks, and I put in Cheerios, and it just kind of went from there.
0: <laughs> it's, the Muse is always uh, fascinating, isn't
2: it? It is. Sometimes they okay, do, but well, you... most things I do, they just kind of take on a life of their own.
0: That's exactly right. You know, we all know that. So what, um, now did, did you, have you earned money as an artist? I mean, is that your vocation as well? as your um, vocation?
2: Well, uh, a couple of, couple of holiday seasons, it gave me a few bucks here and there, but, uh, nothing to really live on.
0: Okay. And so now that you have the challenge of, you know, being a, you why don't you give us the story how you became a single dad and, and how you've taken all of this and how you're managing, because obviously, you know, we're going to have a bunch of people from uh, Rhett listening to this show, and it'd be great if yep. you can, you know, share your story to, to give inspiration and kind of pave the way, be a pioneer for others. All
2: right. Well, um, the girls, mom and I were together when the girls were born, obviously, um, we We separated, uh I got sick for a few years and was out of work, and then, just as I got better, she uh had to start dealing with her own issues, so I had to step in and uh take care of the girls myself uh that's and actually, I moved to Bangor a year ago yesterday, so um I've been doing it on my own for not not very long, so it still feels fresh
0: um. Great. And, and the, uh, the girls are both Obviously, I mean, from what I'm experience. hearing, uh, obviously, um, you know, th- this is not only a challenge physically for everybody, but uh, okay. obviously emotionally, psychologically, um, you know, just inspirationally. Yeah. Why don't you, can you talk about that a little bit?
2: I can do my best. <laughs> I, okay. uh, I'm i usually uh, more worried about, about the girls, obviously, but uh, like any parent would be. But, um, for myself, uh, sleep is crazy. Before I, before the girls came to live with me, I was a night owl and I was up all night, most nights anyways. And now that I have the girls, I'm complaining that I don't sleep at night. So, Uh. but, uh, and you know, there's a nasty cold or flu going around. I've got two sick kids and. Uh, one of them needs 24-hour care on a good day, so uh, I don't get a lot of sleep when we're all sick. And that uh, that's probably the biggest challenge, is just a lack of sleep and self-care.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: It, it can amplify any existing stress. But at the same time, uh, Campbell is, I don't know, just a smile from her makes everything worth it.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, well, uh, why don't you keep, go ahead, Rosemary, you jump in.
1: Well, I was just going to say, you know, he's he's hitting every nail on the head here because uh, Victoria even has her nights, even when she isn't, and we knock on wood every time we say it because just the mere thought of your child, you know, any child, anyone's child getting getting sick, you know, becoming ill with anything you know no parent wants to deal with that but when you have a child with a you know compromised immune system it, that cannot even you know get up to blow their own nose or or has an issue with doing that at all um for a simple cold it's it is it's very very testing on on the on the your it's it's test it's stressful on on the mind on the heart on you know, you're constantly thinking, I was up, I can remember when Victoria was, you know, sick one time, I was up most of the night, and my husband kept saying to me, why don't you get some sleep, get some sleep. I said, no, I kept going in to check on her, you know, is she okay, is she breathing right, you know, yes. is she, you know, the whole thing. And that's the thing with rats, I mean, that's the whole, um, as some people would say, ugly thing, the ugly ret monster thing about it is, you know, you go in to check on them. I can remember getting up, my husband getting up, you know, is Victoria breathing right? Is she, did she hold her breath? Does she wake up and start holding her breath? You know, so it's all those things and like you say, Tom, we climb mountains every day and it's, um, you know, but that that's at the same time, we, we remain positive. I know I do. I try to be a chronic optimist that you get to the point some people roll their eyes at me, but you know, it's not just saying we don't have a choice. After a while, it just becomes a part of your everyday life. You just you keep that that upbeat as this show is called upbeat, you keep that upbeat attitude saying, you know, things are gonna be better tomorrow, you know, say if tomorrow, you know, say live day by day, but things are gonna be better a moment from now. She's going to be stronger. Um, we're going to be stronger, you know. I know Victoria's made me Oh, I can't even imagine, I can't even put the words together, how much stronger she's made me, Uh, how I look at things now. The small little things that used to get to me, it just, I brush off, you know, it's no big deal because, you know, there's something so much more that I could, that, you know, I could be concerned with that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm trying to keep that positive frame of mind so that she can advance.
0: Are you seeing uh, both of you? Are you seeing those uh, uh, little these these advances, these steps?
2: I am definitely. Uh, when I uh, when I got Campbell uh, a year ago, she was six years old. And she weighed twenty six pounds. Uh, now she just had a doctor's appointment. She weighs sixty one pounds. Uh, wow! So
1: she, you know, yeah. I've
2: got an extra Campbell now. Um, <laughs> she and uh, in that. Period of kind of filling out. She had a growth spurt, and she's actually uh, during physical therapy. She's making steps towards walking for the first time. Oh my
1: God! I mean, that's wonderful.
2: It is It's great. Makes everything worth Fantastic. How old is Every she? Thing.
0: <laughs>
1: she's seven
2: now.
0: Seven. Wow. And uh, wow. Unbelievable. So, from what I'm hearing, Rosemary, it's that. Uh, And I think you've mentioned before on the the last show we had with Duncan that there are, um, you know, it affects, there's different symptoms for different kids. Is that true?
1: Yes. Yes. In fact, Victoria started having, um, I know a lot of the girls have seizures. Victoria had seizures of her own kind that the doctor classified as crying seizures because she had stiffened up and then she would cry and loosen up. She was not making eye contact, but um, she was doing a lot of crying, so she was put on medication for that. And we, she has gained a lot of weight. She's well in, uh, I want to say, uh, 65 pounds or more now. She's, <laughs> she's bulked up pretty good. Um, and we had to change her seizure medication because of that, because, you know, the dosage because she started having a different type of seizure we noticed she wasn't making eye contact there was a lot of um you know uh trembling a lot of trembling and she would stiffen up so now she's on you know a better dose she's much happier she's not showing any signs of seizure activity you know we will have she will have to have a 24 hour eeg again where she we usually take her up to the hospital which is in Bangor and she gets hooked up to eeg for um 24 hours. So, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, is a thing that happens. You know, there's, you know, people have asked me, and I'm sure they've asked Ben, how do you do it? Because, you know, between doctor's appointments, and then she's got therapies and and, and everything. Uh, there's, after a while, the word how just doesn't seem to be in your vocabulary anymore. You just do it. <laughs> it's just something that it, you don't even think of. You just do it.
2: That is true. You think of uh, what, what we have to do for our girls, and then you think of what the girls themselves have to deal with. And I know Campbell, for one, she is she's so happy and content unless something is absolutely bothering her. Mm-hmm. And I, it's hard to feel like I have any more of a right to be upset than she does. She's absolutely. dealing with much more than I am.
1: That's right. Victoria has changed. I'm sure Campbell has done the same for others. She's changed the lives of many over the years where I actually had one person sit down with me and go, I have nothing to complain about. Here I've been sitting here complaining and complaining over day in, day out. They spent maybe half an hour to an hour with her and they said, you know, this child, she's in a wheelchair. She, you know, she's, she can't get up and and, and go across the room and, and grab herself something to drink like I can. You know what do I have to complain about? And I would actually get phone calls from these people or and messages saying asking how she's doing and, and saying, you know, she totally changed their whole view on life just having that even that short time. I there's actually one person that uh put themselves in rehab the next day, you know, spending spending some time with her. You know, it was just the fact that they thought that their life was, you know, I, I don't know, they it completely just opened up a, a whole new uh, point of view for them. Yeah,
0: you know, I'm looking at some uh, pictures here, and, uh, you know, I see a similarity in, in appearance and looks between um, Victoria and what's your daughter's name, Ben? Campbell. Campbell. Uh, these are beautiful girls. I mean, they have a an appearance totally unique. Am I on on the right track there? Am I off base? What
1: you are? No, they they can all.
2: get what they want just by giving you a smile.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Wow. That's
1: not just <laughs>
0: just fabulous. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful children. I mean, they do have a an inner glow that emanates.
2: Yeah. Well. uh any conscious movement is very difficult for these girls. So any time they show emotion, it it's absolutely no doubt genuine.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, again, I I want to um, you know, again, you guys are such a model for parenthood and commitment and love. And again, I mean, it's hard, I mean it's inconceivable to to me to, you know somebody who's lived with us. Uh, normal kids and et cetera and, and just the drain and the and the the stress and the, the time commitment and the sacrifice that goes into that and here you guys are, and it's you know that's multiplied by you know logarithmically I can't even put a number on it, so you're right i mean how how Ben? you know we've heard how rosemary um brings herself up every day. You know how, how do how do you cope uh, emotionally, physically, you know, psychologically?
2: Um. Well, if the on on busier days, the more I do, the the more accomplished I feel. I guess the busier it gets, the kind, the better I feel about myself when I take care of her needs.
0: Right. Great. Great. And uh, I mean, and now this it's this. A this reward. I, I'm a huge sleeper. I need. I, I hear about these people that, you know, like Edison or somebody who would go around the clock and never sleep. And that that is not going to happen for me because I become so miserable without my <laughs> my rest. That I I, it's I inconceivable to me that.
2: I hate ahead. sleep because I like it so much. <laughs> I
0: <don't,
2: laughs> One time asleep, I don't want to do anything else. But then I'd get nothing done.
0: Yeah, exactly. And,
2: you know, deep, not so deep down, I'm a pretty lazy person, and I've got a lot to do.
0: <laughs> Once <laughs> I let myself
2: let myself sleep, I don't want to do anything else. Yeah,
0: I get you. I get you. Um, and, and to do this, I mean, Rosemary, you've got help. Um, you know, to do this. You know, you you know, you're married now. You have Colby and and all of that. But just, uh, I'm I'm just trying to think of being a single and trying to accomplish all of this. It's well, Kudos I, I to did, you.
1: I did it for about four years on my own. Um, wow. My, Victoria, Yes, when Victoria was, I want to say it was um, on her first years of school, I was carrying her up and down the stairs. Um, you know, she had her wheelchair downstairs and I had a special chair up, up for her up in the apartment. But I was carrying her up and down to the bus and then you know working with her myself on you know holiday you know when she'd have a holiday uh vacation you know doing therapies uh reading books you know doing doing all that to help with her especially her vocal you know her her, her speech and um in fact that's something that has been coming out in her more lately is you know, they call girls with red, they call them silent angels because they you know they're unable to really um um, you know, voice, you know, really come out and and say what they're feeling, whether they're hungry, tired, you know, etc. But, you know, Victoria's been coming out with certain little words. She's been trying to form. It's almost like she's trying to form her own words sometimes. But I've noticed that, you know, her favorite word at times is no. <laughs> and, and, you know, at the, time, at, the, at the times when, you know, okay, you get got to have your teeth brushed. No. So that's that's been her favorite word lately. She uh, she'll be thirteen in May, and I still have to you know shake my head a little bit and and you know remind myself that yes she's becoming a teenager. She has that attitude now where you know it's my way or the highway, and you know it's um, you know she doesn't want to watch the certain movies anymore. She wants to watch the little teeny bopper shows and all that, and is to see the change in her is just, it's dramatic, and, you know, in fact, today, just this morning, she had physical therapy, her physical therapist came to came here and, and worked with her, and it was very good until we tried getting her into her standard, and she was having a bit of a hard time with that, but, um, you know, those are the things, I mean, we could go on and on, I'm sure, but, um, you know, just, uh, like I said, the the tail end of it, the as I always say, cut and dried, is that, you know, she, as even Ben has said, they're dealing with so much more and, you know, she every, every little thing is a milestone. You know, any little thing she does is a milestone. I mean, if she, if I go to, um, you know, hand her, you know, bring her her drink, she's thirsty, if she knocks it out of my hand, that's a milestone. You know she tried grabbing that and taking it for herself um she's you know dumped bowls over food, you know we applaud, oh my goodness, you know, good job, Victoria, you did it, you know, even if she got her food over, you know, so she it's it's a milestone and i'm I'm sure you could probably agree with that, couldn't you, Ben
0: absolutely well, it sounds to me you know here, here, I'm starting to um grab a little bit of the process here. So uh, where, where the rest of us, you know, set our own particular goals and whether, you know, and in this society a lot of it's about possession of things or moving up or getting a promotion or uh, or whatever or taking a vacation, you know, and you measure your life in terms of striving for those things. I'm starting to understand now what what I'm hearing from both of you is that you get your feedback from just what you're mentioning, watching the progress.
1: Absolutely.
0: Exactly. You know, so there is there is a positive feedback to this. This is your mission. This is your your life's calling, and you get to see those things. It isn't just simply, you know, the monotony of day after day being exactly the same. There is, I mean, this is very encouraging to me. You know, again, a, a layperson to all of this, to see that you know um there's a sense of huge accomplishment not just simply in the caretaking part but in the development of of your daughters
2: oh definitely yeah. always want the best for them
0: great
1: absolutely great
0: so now um then you, you talk about yourself and you um, ex- express yourself as a lazy person, blah blah blah. How has this yep. changed you as as an individual? I mean, what uh, what do you see as your inner growth that you can attribute to? Um, you know, every what is it? every cloud has a silver lining.
2: It does. You want to talk yeah. about that? Um, you know, I, I always I always wanted to be more of a take charge person. I just didn't have the gumption to do it for myself, but uh you know, when you've got the little ones that depend on you, it's it's easier to do what you need to do.
0: Right. And so, I mean, how, how does that make you feel internally? I mean, do you, do you see yourself as a as, as a more evolved individual or is it is it somebody Definitely with more a,
2: evolved? I you know, uh you know, when it comes to, you know, my battles with you know, being lazy or procrastinating. I I can pick and choose my battles a little better now.
0: Great. Great. Yeah. And and there, obviously sometimes feeling, there are things that I can about,
2: put okay.
0: off. I mean, well now you have a mission. There's a reason why you get up right. every day. Yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. You know, I what what to me is so fabulous about this, Rosemary, and you've been and you know, our conversation with Duncan and all to all of the red syndrome parents out there is—it's so rare. You know, our society is. <laughs> let's just let me let let me not get hypercritical, but just say <clears throat> it's interesting at this stage in our history, where everything is about uh, what seems to me um, superficial, and that. There is not a lot of conversation about kids and there's not a lot of conversation about families and the importance of families. In fact, it seems to me it's become uh, superficial and just, you know, perfunctory is that, um, you know, everybody's got their, it's it's all about this. There's a lot of emphasis right now on independence and uh, self-advancement. Uh, and so to hear, this is what's so refreshing to me, is to hear this commitment and to hear, you know, you guys talk about love, um, you know, it's so refreshing and so different. Do you, do either one of you want to comment on that?
2: Definitely. Yeah, um, oh, before, go ahead. Yeah, before Campbell came into my life, I, I'd had a lot of different jobs career-wise, uh, you know, a couple different places. I was the boss to 20 to 40 people, Um, I've had, you know, work in sales and every, every time, uh, I try to get myself to do something, I try to think about, you know, if I do this, I'll get more money and money really never drove me to the point where I thought it should, uh, and never really felt satisfying. Uh, and now I guess, uh, materially, I have a lot less now. Um but I feel so much more satisfied having having those girls happy with me. and knowing that they can trust me. And count on me.
0: You know <laughs> Again that that's uh, you know, you hit on something extremely uh positive to me. I'm the same way, you know, I've gone through uh, a recent shift in, in um in, in, in area wealth. And yet, uh, have found uh, spiritual things that I never would have found had I been distracted by all of that stuff. So um, you're right. And, and Rose Reed, you just posted a thing on Facebook today about uh, five, what's it, fifty or five, uh, reasons money doesn't buy happiness, or
1: the uh, pretty sure. Let me see if I could find it now. Um, it says fifty things that you do not, you know, with money cannot buy the 50 things that money cannot buy, and...
0: Yeah, and they're all uh, of extremely important significance. (laughs) Very important.
1: Very, very important. And,
0: and, you know, uh, again, I think uh, you guys are the vanguard uh, of this return to what the values that are really important. So, um, you know, I, I talk about... You know, I I came upon a concept, you know, when I lost my leg at the age of 13, and I talked to a lot of cancer groups, and I tell them that uh, cancer is a curse, and at the same time, it's a blessing. And the blessing comes from when I talk to cancer uh, patients and survivors. They always talk about the fact that they were surrounded by love uh, in ways that um, they never knew were conceivable. Family members, friends. Uh, support, et cetera. And they found that, that that became the blessing side of this. And that's what you guys are finding.
1: Yep. Exactly. There's, and so then, you know, you. Go ahead. Okay. There's, a, I just happened to find a 50 Things Money Can't Buy. And the last two, 49 and 50, seem to really fit this. is 49 is a proper perspective. And 50 is selflessness and being, you know, I mean, I'm not just, I'm not trying to just, you know, carve out just special needs parents, that all parents should, you know, have that selflessness, but when, like you said, when we're dealing with children that, you know, and I I don't like to put it this way, but are unable to function, like your average child, you learn learn the definition of selflessness right away. It just it it hits you it hits you quick and it hits you hard and it uh it gives you like I said, it it's uh very, I find it to be a very positive thing.
0: Yeah, talk uh, can both of you talk about that a little bit? I mean that's the you know, you hear all of the, um the spiritual disciplines and that's the, the goal of most of the spiritual disciplines is to get to a point where, you know, we achieve selflessness. But we, we, we understand that everything is one and that You know, there is no, uh, you know, ego is not (laughs) the the paramount uh, goal in life to, you know, build a bigger ego and amass more wealth and and all of that. So what are you finding, you know, inside uh, that's going on that obviously gives you the strength to to cope every day?
2: Well, um, yeah, the perspective and the selflessness definitely go hand in hand. Um, I think it doesn't take a life-changing experience necessarily but anyone in any any time of their life when they need perspective or to be more selfless they have to be able to really be open to that and sometimes it means fundamentally changing your view on who you are and people generally aren't comfortable with that when you have you have a little angel like Campbell or her little sister and you know a uh, little baby in general. That's probably the easiest time for anyone to focus on something else and be open to changing who
0: they are. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, yeah, I think that it becomes, um, you know, there's a whole process that you know I realized lately, and, and instead of trying to control everything, you kind of understand that there's a higher purpose and that there's a higher. Um, You know, I'm labeling it different in a way that, you know, most people can identify with. There's certainly a life force. You know, there's a force in life that makes things happen and keeps things going. And the more that, um, you know, you identify and connect with that and less with this, you know, artificial ego that we've created, uh, the more, the better life is. You know, again, why don't you guys pick up on that?
1: You go
2: ahead then. Okay. Oh so, um I've yeah through my whole life I I've, I've gone through pretty much every stage of spirituality you can think of. Uh, I was about 12 years ago I was actually ordained um not too long after I was baptized. I was completely atheist and then I was agnostic or whatever you want to label yourself and what I'll say was whatever your spiritual views just realizing that there are things more important than what you want right now and kind of living like that is, is so much better than focusing on
0: possessions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and what are the effects of that? Is it, you know, more of a, a worldview, um, uh, you know, how does that process uh, internally? There's,
2: there's a worldview. Um, you know, there's there's an awful big temptation to um, get angry or excited or, you know, give in to sensationalism that's out there, if it's news, TV, or just people gossiping. Um, and certain experiences can really give you... Uh, a better grip on what's really important and it's easier to just let certain things slide that maybe for years you thought were important and it turns out they're not really. And then there are other things that are just the opposite. You never would have thought, given them a second thought before and it turns out, you know, just a little girl's smile is, you know, the high point of a day and mm-hmm. you wouldn't change it for anything.
0: You know, uh, Rosemary and I had a guest on, Hazel Moore from uh, England, who is a spiritually evolved and amazing woman. And she basically said that, you know, you we can, most people are operating on three dimensions, and that uh, she's operating on, in the fifth dimension, which is heaven. And she says you don't have to uh, die to achieve that state. Most people do, because they're so absorbed by the th- three dimensions, thinking that that is the only reality. And she says that once you start living from your heart as opposed to as opposed to your head or your brain that you uh, you evolve and you start to experience this sense of um you know a of of a heaven and you wanna and obviously the both of you are operating from heart every day
1: every single day yes every day yeah um you become. Like I said, in the past, you know, so many years, and in the past few years, I, you know, realized and and I was told even that, you know, I'm an empath, and, you know, I I, I wondered for a little while, you know, for taking care of Victoria over the years, even by myself for the time I did, I wonder if that's what brought it out in me. You know, I'm wondering if this through from the time I was in my early 20s, I had sensitivities anyway, but not as strong as I do now. And I don't like you say, uh, like you say, Tom, with the whole um, how a lot of there's a lot of superficial going on. That I I am I want to say I'm I'm allergic to it. <laughs> I always say I'm allergic to negativity. I'm allergic to that superficialness because there's there's I've, I've even tried to see if I could get, you know, uh, even anyone I know to grasp, you know, that there's so much more. And, you know, it's like, like I'm sitting here, I could hear Victoria right now, and she's happy. She's just got this happy, you know, sound coming out of her. When she looks at me and smiles, when she looks at me and laughs, she sets me into a belly laugh, like, you know, one of those real good deep laughs when she starts laughing hard. It's uh, contagious, and that's I even mark that when I'm, I put it that way whenever I post even a new picture or something of her, I always put contagious because those the smile I could be, I could have be having one of those days, and all it takes is to hear her giggle, or see her smile, or just have her give me that look that pretty much says you know, what are you so upset about, you know. Don't you realize there's so much more to be happy about? Don't you realize that you you know that, you know if you can just block out all of the and I put it this way nonsense that is out there and focus on what's right in front of you at that very moment, then it, it your whole it, it changes. Just I, I, at times it's hard for me to even describe, and I'm wondering. Ben, if you feel the same way, whenever anybody asks you, you know how you do it or or how it make you feel. I, I say it's indescribable because I personally feel that you know they call I say they call the girls angels for a reason. You know they like you said Tom they they have this look to them, almost to me almost angelic. I don't know she she brings out a light in me when I start start feeling getting down in that little my own little hole you know if i start digging myself well, one on one of those days
0: yeah yeah i can uh you know i'm sensing um you know this summer um you know without getting into details uh, there was a baby in the house or uh, and you know it was interesting because of the the culture um you know i was uh you know it was again, without going into a lot of detail, um, when the, the teenager got pregnant in, in America, when you were this to Americans, they were, oh my God, you know, it was a tragedy. And to the Russians, it was, uh, fantastic. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll cope, you know, we'll figure this out. It, it, you know, there was more of a, a sense of an extended family and community. And, um, in fact one social worker said uh well throw her out let her go to a shelter um the girl and you know and and when this child arrived i mean it, they just bring such love and the whole house became centered around every single day with this this child even though it demanded lots of care and attention um how do you, you mean what, what what can replace that what a career money uh what you know, and I'll leave that up to you guys to pick up from there.
2: Well, um, I think a lot of material distractions are trying to fill that void because it's what real what makes you feel that. Children are probably the the most common thing to make you feel that, but not everyone realizes it, and some people don't want kids. But everyone kind of has that inner desire, even if they don't know, don't realize it, that they want more uh, personally. Um, they want to kind of broaden their experiences. So some people will, you know, try to go different places, uh, accumulate material, uh, you know, go gung ho, getting up the corporate ladder, trying to get that inner uh inner satisfaction. And it, it doesn't right. Never mind what So people, so people right. try Never mind more the negative more
0: like, Right, like drugs and alcohol, etc., I mean, you know, we know that story yeah. too. You know, so um you know it's interesting because I've been, you know, kind of a uh lately I was I took one of these Meyer Briggs things and, and uh came out as an idealist and I g I it it helped me a little bit to understand why I'm driven to um you know, get upset about what I see as what's evolved in America today and the lack of uh of um importance on family and love and, and, and being a community and uh and that's why I love what we're doing here on this show is You know, you guys are like the the shining star, the shining example of total commitment to uh, something that isn't a a priority in the country anymore. And I'll let either one of you pick up on that. And we've got about, let's see here, we've got uh, three minutes left.
1: Okay. I was going to say one word, compassion. There seems to be, there seems, yes, there seems to be a, I would say, a drought of compassion. In, is, I was I'd see in this country I'd see it even maybe in certain parts of the world that people just aren't in touch with it anymore. There's so such there's a majority that isn't there, so driven on on that like you said superficial self thing, and they're not you, you know if I, I was just saying if you've got you know a team of people trying to you know. Uh, say, I saw a video, it was they're trying to get a dog It was was in the water, I think stuck in the ice or something. They had, you know, it, people trying to get it out. Once they started working together, boom, that dog was out. And that's just, just a cer- certain type of example. But, you know, everyone working together, everybody sharing that compassion, everybody putting forth their strength can make it work. You know, everybody, we want to see, we want to see a cure for RET. It is possible. They are working on something. They are working on a treatment, you know. So we want to see that. Now, if if just everybody was to focus just strictly on their own and not pull together, in my personal opinion, I wouldn't see that much, you know, light on the horizon. But with everybody teaming together, with everybody pulling even the smallest things you can do. We're going to be having a ride in uh, in May. We're going to be having a ride for Rhett. It's the Sons of Armageddon. are going to be putting it on. And it's uh, going to be you know, $5 a passenger, $10 a bike, and, you know, just going on a good old joyride with a whole bunch of motorcycles and, and this club that has put, you know, really put their hearts for it with it. And, right, well, you know, all the solidarity. Down,
0: Listen, we've only got only seconds left. Uh, ben, we want to thank you so much. Ben, do you want to say something, uh, you know, a couple of words here before we do get shut off?
2: Oh, well, like, like uh, what Rosemary said, there's uh, a big narrative in this country of the I got mine attitude, and that's being encouraged. But when people find something that drives the inner self, it's really easy to.